All right, I told you that we were going to have somebody on uh, from FAIR. That's the uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform. What I didn't know is going to be one of my best buddies from uh, FAIR that I like to see every year when I go to hold their feet to the fire, and uh, that is Ira Melman. And, and Ira, how you doing, brother? I hadn't talked to you in a while. Things going good for you? Everything's going well. Good to speak to you. It has been a long time. Yeah, it's been over a year because I didn't get to go last year. I've been sick, and uh, I've had things happen, and I'm finally getting well. So this year, I'll be at Hold Your Feet to the Fire. i, I got to talk to them, find out when it's going to be this year. But let's talk about what the Supreme Court did yesterday, a uh, big win for President Trump. So why don't you kind of set the table here, Ira, tell everybody what went down. Well, first of all, it, it was much less of a big win for President Trump than it was for American taxpayers. Uh, the Trump administration has been trying to implement laws that have been passed by Congress many times that say if you come to the United States as a legal immigrant, we expect you to be self-sufficient. And that has not been happening. You have more than half of all immigrant-headed households in the United States now relying on at least one form of public welfare. And the president said, look, we are going to start defining reliance on public welfare the way Congress intended. And these are laws that go back all the way to the 1880s. And so, uh, you know, like everything else, the uh, opposition, the people who support open immigration uh, litigated this. They managed to find an activist judge who slapped an injunction, not just in the jurisdiction that he was responsible for, uh, but the entire nation. And the Supreme Court yesterday said, no, you can't do that. Uh, You know, this can be litigated in the courts, but you cannot have every judge in America uh, exercising veto power over what the president is doing. So it it is important on two levels. Number one, it's going to save the American taxpayers a lot of money. And number two, it has sent a message, at least Neil Gorsuch did in his opinion, that judges around the country simply can't exercise veto power over uh, political matters. Uh, 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 it, it seems, this is Paul Calvert here, it seems that the, the courts have, have been pretty far out of control in, in that they've gotten this notion in their minds that these little tin-horn dictator judges can can delete code. And I'm sorry, they need some accountability there. Well, the problem is, and I, Ira probably will agree, and I know, Carl, you would, is that you got a small-time judge somewhere that affects all of the United States with some kind of decision yeah, that the they judge make. is put in charge of one jurisdiction and yet he issues an injunction that's nationwide that can't be right no that's that's uh, they have the they have the power to deal with individual cases just like juries have the power to nullify law in individual cases I'm sorry I don't believe they have constitutional authority to delete code or to repeal laws. And, and they laws. have no problem finding a judge power. that will veto anything Trump does or anything a conservative president does. They can always find a judge because the vast that will majority, oppose it. Because the vast majority of judges are attorneys, and the vast majority of attorneys are left-wing nutjobs. All right, so Ira... Well, that's that maybe a little exaggeration. <laughs> Ira, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, is, this is my power panel, Ira, just so you'll know. Talk about the Immigration and Nationality Act. Well, the Immigration and Nationality Act governs how we run our immigration system. Uh, It does need some amending and updating, but it it has been very, very clear for a long time that 
the law was intended to exclude people who are likely to become public charges. And when you have more than half of uh, immigrant-headed households relying on public welfare, that's an indication that we are not enforcing the law. Uh, and, you, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you do have these judges around the country, and the advocates for uh, the immigrants know who those judges are. They always seem to wind up in their courtrooms. Uh, they know that the judge will slap an injunction on it. That, and that, quite frankly, is part of the strategy. In many cases, they don't expect to win these cases on the merits. What they're trying to do is run the clock. Uh, they, the longer they can delay implementation of these programs, uh, the the better off they are. Uh, they're hoping the clock runs out. They'll have a more friendly president to their point of view, and they'll move on from there. So that that needs to stop. And Neil Gorsuch, in his concurring opinion yesterday, made it clear that this is not the way that the system was designed to work. Now, let, let's talk a little. Let's dig a little further into this. I don't know if you all have pushed the numbers around and come up. Do you have any idea how much money? is on the American uh, taxpayer over the years for immigrants or I- even illegal immigrants who have become public charges of our system of governance here in the United States. Have you guys got even a ballpark figure on that? Well, we, we've done some estimates on the cost of illegal immigration, and, and that I should add that that includes their U.S.-born kids who are uh, U.S. citizens under the current interpretation of the 14th Amendment, but Correct. would not be here if not for the fact that the parents were violating the law. And that number is about $135 billion every year. Every year? Uh, the, every year, yeah. So they, these are recurring costs. You so know, does you that, look at does the that include about, public education? Yes. These are all. So it's not all public welfare, but these are the aggregate costs uh, of having illegal aliens uh, and their U.S. born kids in American society. Uh, When you start looking at legal immigrants, we don't have quite uh, as firm a grasp on the numbers. But you look at programs like Medicaid, uh, those, you know, we know that health care is enormously expensive, uh, that there's a variety of mean tests means-tested programs, plus the fact that if the family falls below the po- you know, certain um, income levels, uh, then you can have um, you know, U.S.-born children claim benefits based on that. So it, 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 whatever it is, it, it is an enormous figure, and the American public has to basically shell out every single year. And that was clearly not what the law was intended. The problem is that in 1996, Congress did reaffirm this. Uh, they, you know, as recently as 1996, Congress enacted laws saying you cannot be a public charge. The Clinton administration at the time uh, limited what they considered to be dependence on public welfare to a very, very small group of cash assistance programs, which is wholly unrealistic. Most public assistance comes in the form uh, of non-cash benefits, and the Clinton administration wrote rules that kind of skirted that. And so the Trump administration has now come along and said, no, we legitimately should count that as well. And, you know, we're, we're going to litigate that in the court. But in the meantime, as a result of the Supreme Court ruling yesterday, the Trump administration can implement its plan while it's got well it's fought out in the lower courts. I have a question for Ira, please. This is yeah. Carl Kimball, Ira. Uh, and when my late father-in-law and my late mother-in-law came here with their family in 1962 fleeing from Castro's tyranny, they were required 
to prove that they were not going to be public charges and that they had someone to stay with and that they had prospects of being able to earn a living and uh, be self-sufficient before they could be allowed into the country. And, and my question for you is really, when did that change? I thought that's the way it had been from time immemorial. When did it change so that immigrants didn't have to show that they were going to be self-sufficient? Well, the law has not changed. What has changed is our failure to enforce it. Uh, ah. In addition to the immigrants themselves having to, you know, commit to this uh the sponsors also have right and you know you have american citizens who have signed documents saying if the people that are coming to the country that i'm sponsoring don't uh make it on their own that i'm going to bear the costs and it it is virtually never enforced and so you know the, the administration is now saying that we are going to look objectively at the likelihood that somebody is going whether they're going to be able to be self-sufficient and make a determination based on those objective facts. Uh, You know, we can reasonably assume that somebody who does not have much education, has job skills that are not much in demand, are likely to wind up uh, consuming all sorts of government benefits. And that was what the law was intended to do. It was intended to make sure that the American public was not going to be responsible for taking care of people who come to the United States but can't take care of themselves. So good law, no enforcement. Yeah. Ira, I'm going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk further with you. R.D. Hopper, another member of my power panel, has another question. I want to get into talking about self-sufficiency and how Americans feel about that and how they – and then you break down for my listeners how, uh, you know, the social safety net uh, will be, uh, you know, taken care of. However, we don't want to put people in that net who are coming from another country. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Special guest with us this half hour, Ira Melman. I'm going to hold on to this, Ira, this half hour. I'm going to replay it again later on in the week uh, to keep people up on why this is so important. Ira Melman is with the Federation for American Immigration Reform, or FAIR. Uh, If you want to know more about uh, illegal immigration and what we should be requiring for legal immigration, go to FAIR, F-A-I-R-U-S, one word, FAIRUS dot O-R-G. With that, Artie, you had a question for Ira. Yes, Ira, I had a a good friend that, that brought a wife over from Russia, uh, during the George uh, W. Bush era, and he did have to sign that he would be uh, legally and financially responsible uh, for this lady that he brought over and that uh, that she would not de- be dependent on the government in any way. So it looks like kind of like uh, Bill Clinton. It depends on what the definitions <laughs> is of is is. So uh, is there any way to get this where the interpretation interpretation and it's carried, carried out equally between different uh, presidents? Well, look, I mean, the failure to enforce the sponsorship provisions uh, predates Bill Clinton. It, it, is, it goes back 40 or 50 years. It, it has been ignored under Democratic presidents, Republican presidents, and the people who suffer as a result are obviously the American taxpayers. We have got to demonstrate that when... We say to a sponsor, you're going to sign on the, bottom, on the dotted line there and commit to taking care of the people you bring to the country that we mean it. 
Uh, the other thing that we need to do is obviously to change the nature of our legal immigration policy. Right now, it is primarily based on endless family chain migration. Uh, people come to the country, they not only bring their spouses and minor children, but they can petition for a whole range of extended relatives. And we allow them to sign these sponsorship documents, knowing that they barely have enough money to support themselves, much less uh, all the people that they're sponsoring to come to the United States. What we need is a merit-based immigration system. And by the way, your Senator Tom Cotton has a bill in Congress called the RAISE Act that would move us toward a merit-based immigration system where we would select people based on objective assessments of their ability to succeed in the United States. And that would go a long way towards solving this problem. So uh, there are remedies out there, uh, but they are being ignored. Mitch McConnell has shown no inclination to bring this bill to the floor. So, um, you, you know, there are some good, some good ideas out there, but the, the problem is our political system is taking advantage of them. All right. So good. do me a favor, Ira, and let people know, you know, the numbers, the percentages of uh, how many households headed by an immigrant how much welfare they're using, things of that nature. And then let's talk a little bit more about that merit-based immigration system raised that uh, Tom Cotton wants to get in, but nobody, it doesn't seem like in either party, uh, has the intestinal fortitude to pass. Well, the numbers that I've seen is somewhere in the neighborhood, about 60% of immigrant-headed households rely on at least one form of welfare. That's ridiculous. Uh, it is. Uh, it is absolutely ridiculous. That doesn't even include, you know, we talk about things like public education and programs like that, which obviously, uh, you know, we massive, have massive welfare when, programs. Once, yeah. Once we get here, once they get here. Uh, but that that is the way that the system has played out, because we don't have a system in place that looks at people's likelihood to succeed or even takes into account the likelihood that the sponsor is going to be able to afford to, to honor his or her commitments. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's kind of pointless to go after somebody for money when they, we know they don't have it. Mm-hmm. So what we need is an overhaul of our immigration system. Uh, we need to enact legislation such as the RAISE Act that Tom Cotton has sponsored. But uh, you, you've got to get Congress to buck the special interests that have been standing in the way. You know, there are a lot of people who benefit from the status quo. Uh, They see that, you know, the current flow provides them with low-cost labor, which is not the same as cheap labor. Uh, It's not cheap because somebody else is paying the bills, namely the American taxpayers. That's right. And that needs to change. All right. So with that, the thing that really struck me in uh, when I was reading the information sent to me is that half of all immigrant-headed households include at least one person who uses Medicaid. How many immigrant-headed households do we have in the United States? Do we know? I, I don't I, I don't know uh, the precise number, but there is something in the order of about 47 million foreign-born residents of the United States. So, you know, we're, we're talking in the tens of millions probably. Okay, and so when people look and see how much Medicaid is costing this country just Take a moment, take a breath, in fact, to figure out that a lot of that is for immigrant families who came here and are living off of your money as well. Yeah, and that was not the way the system was designed to be. Uh, And, you know, as recently as I said, as 1996, Congress reaffirmed that. 
uh, and then it was gutted in the uh, regulation writing process. And what the Trump administration is now saying is that we have to go back to the intent of the law. The intent of the law was to protect the, the interests of the American people, including their financial interests, and that is not being done. Uh, the Supreme so. Court, as we discussed, said that you know the Trump administration can implement this policy while it's being fought out in the lower courts, and that we should not allow uh, a handful of activist judges to have veto power over the executive branch or the legislative branch. All right. Ira Melman, he's with the Federation for American Immigration Reform. I've known him for years. As you can tell, he knows his stuff. If you want to read uh, more of the information that they have over at the Federation for American Immigration Reform, go to FairUS. That's one word, FairUS.org. Educate yourself and educate your friends and neighbors about this as well. Ira, thanks so much for the time. I do appreciate it. Anytime. Good to speak with you. All righty. Bye-bye now. Ira Melman here he was on great. the Dave Ellswick Show. He's a good man, and he knows his stuff. He yeah. really he's hey, been, He put his he's, finger on the problem. Yeah, he's been doing this for 30 years. And, and, and I think one of the most telling things that he said, and I know he is right, and that is that Republican and Democrat administrations both have failed to protect the American people's interests in this regard. Here's the other thing I know. You cannot allow your borders to be swarmed by people from other countries if you have a social, quote, safety net for your citizenry it's, it's and allow if, them it, to be able to use it. Even if, you them don't, across. even if you don't have a social safety net, you can't afford that. This is exactly what happened to the Roman Empire. They lost control of their borders, and people that didn't have any interest in being assimilated into their culture mm-hmm. swarmed across them and took over large swaths to live the way they wanted to, and they were lost to their civilization because they were overwhelmed by immigrants that came in with no controls whatsoever. That's what ha- that's what's happening. The hordes. With, that's what's happening with Texas from with California. That's what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it it, it's harder for Mexicans to get into Texas than it is the Californians, and the Californians are doing more damage to. Texas yeah. right, right now what, than the Mexicans We need are. to build yeah. the wall on the east side of California. Hey, yeah. that's what's happening in England Just run it from Lake Tahoe right all the <laughs> yeah. way down ahead, to the Baja, right? right? That's what's that happening in England. That's the final word here. Yeah, that's what's happening in England right now, and that's the reason you have Brexit, because they want to control their borders and Amen. control the destiny of their country. You're exactly right. And I don't know if it's not too late. It's too late in France. In France, the birth rate amongst French is so low that within, I think they said, 50 years. Less than that. That would be a majority Muslim? Yes, it would be a majority Muslim country. We're within 10 years of Denmark, Holland, and Belgium becoming So get ready for the spires to go up and to hear the call to prayers. It's going to happen. It's not going to be just in little areas. It's going to be over their whole countries. Yeah. And I know there's people saying, Dave, Dave, you just hate Muslims. No, it's not about hating Muslims. Do I not like their religion? You better believe I don't like their religion. It's evil. It has, evil. It own, it has its own f- source of government and its own rules for yeah, government, but it's evil. and it does not and, fit the and, Constitution. And, and it's different yes. from any other religion because it is a religion 
It is an economic system, and it is a political system, and the religion requires that you have the economic and political systems too, and the religion allows you to lie to infidels in order to advance those goals. So they can make so, everybody which capitulate is, Which to is them. why you cannot have a believing Muslim who will be assimilable to American civilization. Because they'll say they are, but they're not. They're allowed to say. They're allowed to tell us that they're that they're assimilated. I know. That's what. That's what and, I'm saying. And, and if you if you call yourself a Muslim and you don't believe in in uh, Muhammad's uh, divinity, then the perfectly fine. But if you believe that Muhammad was the perfect man and everything he said was so, and everything in his holy book is so, then you can't be assimilated into American society because you've got a religious obligation to overthrow our Constitution and replace it with Sharia law. It's exactly right. All right. We're out of time. Special. Thanks for inviting wow. me, Dave. We stopped, we stopped there just so you had something to go home and be really ticked off about. <laughs> All right. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, I'll be back with you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. It's a Wednesday edition. I don't know exactly who all my... My guests are going to be, except to tell you that Joe and Duck will be here, and we'll be uh, having them join us at 4 o'clock. i got a lot of other things I'm sure we'll we'll be talking about. R.D., thank you so much for coming today. Enjoyed it, Dave. Thank, thank you. you, Carl. Thanks appreciate for you, you having here. I will invite you in the morning. You'll just have to tell me you can't get up. And then, uh, Paul, I'll see you yes, uh, next uh, Monday. Monday and, R.D., I'll see you Monday as well. All right. Early, bright and Sounds early. Always a pleasure to be yeah, with you. We'll get started always next week for this power panel at six o'clock in the morning. So Dave Ellswick show one oh one point one FM, the answer, and of course we're the home of Rush Limbaugh. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.